Diz. Peace, this is Outlaw. Hey, listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And today we got a big episode for you. It's time for the spring quarterly, and there's a lot to cover, so we're just going to get right into it. We're covering the months March, April, May, in the years 1988, if there's anything relevant, 1993, 1998, and the new stuff, 2018. Right. So we're just going to start right off with March. And I don't think there's anything we really need to worry about 1988. So 1993, the big one would be the debut album from Onyx, Back the Fuck Up. Love this album. Do you? Love it. I went back and listened to it because I never listened to this when it came out. I only knew the hits. And yeah, I wasn't really feeling this one. What? I know, I know, I know. But we still need to cover it. We should still pay respect. Or maybe I should be more respectful because I do know that it was a very, very big deal, this album. So the way people talk about Shook Ones 2, which is one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time, Incarcerated Scarfaces, which is one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time, Throw Your Guns. Okay. It's one of my favorite hip-hop songs of all time, and it is on this album, and I love this album for that. It's good. I wouldn't put it on par with the other two that you mentioned. I wasn't feeling it the same, but I understand why it is a pivotal piece of music. Mm. I just think the rest of the album, though, which yeah. just kind of got boring to me. Yeah, that's fair. They try to tell some stories on there. A lot of it is, you know, stick up kid shit, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, Slam, though. Yeah. Slam is a, a classic. It's a, re- a classic, and it's a record that really... It was one I'm of the first... Uh, Standing in my B-Boys dance. <laughs> it was one of the first, like, <laughs> records that didn't compromise at all and yeah. still managed to cross over. Yeah, that's fair. And, yeah, so I just have a whole lot of respect for that record. I do as well. Even though I don't particularly like it, I think mm-hmm. one of the problems that Onyx has is that there's only one person in this group whose bars I care about, and that's yeah. Sticky Fingers. 100% agree. The rest of them, I remember growing up watching movies where Fred Joe Starr was an actor, uh-huh. and that made me think about him in a positive light. But right. then I go back and I listen to this stuff, and I'm like, nah, yeah, nah, I, I nah. don't need him lyrically. Agreed. But Sticky Fingers What about is, Sun Caesar? <laughs> I don't even know the, the rest of their names. <laughs> I know Fred Joe Starr, and I know Sticky Fingers. And right. Sticky Fingers is good. Sticky Fingers is, is very good. I just don't think that he is enough to compensate for the rest of the group. Not only that, I don't think there's a much imagination on the beats. There's a few records here and there that do impress me. You know, so, throw your guns. So quick, obviously slam. Quick question: How do you feel about the Lost Boys? The Lost Boys are a group that I never really got into, but okay. I like that they're there. Mm. I think that hip hop <laughs> needed. There. A Lost Boys. Okay. You know, and a Lost Boys has a record that I absolutely love. Music mm. makes me high. I mean, mm. all day. They got a few I records I love. All day. I love yeah. that shit. Yeah. So, you know, they also had personality. They had a lot. Okay, I'm not going to say that Onyx doesn't have personality. Yeah, because But I think that the Lost Boys had a much more approachable personality. The Lost Boys made videos that made you want to be there. Like, they're all just chilling out in the park, you know, basketball court. They're hanging out. They're doing their little dance. They're like, yeah. I definitely didn't want to hang out with Onyx. But but we talk about how hip-hop has kind of lost its variation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back in this era, everybody kind of had to be themselves and, and be their own thing. Right. And I think in that way, like, there's a place for Onyx. There's a time frame or an emotion or, you know, situations in my life where I've I've needed an Onyx yeah. or I've needed a Shook One. No, I get you. Versus, you know, when I feel like I need a Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all. And I don't think you're alone in that. I'd be ignorant if I didn't acknowledge the influence that Onyx had. I mean, when you look at Mob Deep's very first record, the very first one, not the good one, the Juvenile <laughs> right. Hell or juvenile whatever, hell. Yeah. and you look at the videos that they had, I mean, they shaved their head. They're definitely yeah. trying to deliver that Onyx energy. I mean, they were both from Queens, right? Yeah. Also, when you look at the early DMX, we mentioned yeah. this on the DMX podcast. Yep. And I went back to go listen to that verse again just to make sure I wasn't crazy. No, and you yes, DMX is yeah. definitely doing his best sticky fingers impression. And I, I had never heard that until you, you put me onto it. So props for that. But yeah, I agree. Like I was like, wow, X really does sound like sticky fingers <laughs> on here. <laughs> the other, only other thing I was disappointed in is just that I was listening to this on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I kept waiting for Last Days to come on. And Last Days mm-hmm. is on their 95 the LP. Yeah. And I was like, where is that? And then when I found out that was on this record i'm like shit this shit sucks oh man I <laughs> but love i'm hating i'm hating too. i'm hating. yeah you're hating yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but i'm not being but, i'm not being serious but last days is a fucking yes. incredible song yeah 
Yeah. We mentioned Last Days on an earlier podcast, and oh. I wasn't too familiar with it until I went back to find it. I was like, oh, yeah, I know this record. Yeah. And, and I, then, uh, yeah. I think 8 Mile put a lot of people onto that record. I can see If that. you remember, that beat was used when Eminem uh, lays out Papa Doc. Mm-hmm. And then his, you know, the, the beat comes back on, and then he, he gets scared, and he never kicks his verse or whatever. No, what was the dude's that, name? that was Shook Ones. But I think Last Days uh, is Last on Days that. is one of the records it's that they rapped. I think Shook Ones is definitely Shook Ones. Oh, it's Shook Ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely but, uh, but Last Days is one of the yeah, records that is, he, he battles is. somebody on. So, yeah. That should pretty much do it for 1993. In 1998, uh, we got a big one, Scarface, My Homies. Yeah. Have you listened to this whole thing? Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a long listen. It like, is a long listen. It's, it's a double disc, right? Uh-huh. And you've got, I think, 15 tracks each. And each track is like five to six <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> It is a marathon. I actually, now that you say that, I don't think I've ever listened to the whole thing in one sitting. I didn't <laughs> until recently when we were going to okay. do this quarterly. It's a so, really good album, though. It is. Especially oh, for, for its time. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I didn't listen to it right when it came out. I think I first heard this album in 2002 or 2001 in the summer. Okay. And I think it might have been 2002 because that was the summer where I first really started drinking. Mm. And me and my man, I'm not going to say his name, but he knows who he is. Uh, he put me on to Scarface. He put okay. me on to 3-6 Mafia and he put me on to UGK. Yeah. And... 3-6 Mafia in particular was a group that I could not stand when I was in high school, but it wasn't until I started mm-hmm. drinking that mm-hmm. I started to understand where they were coming from. This shit that, made yeah. sense. And so now like It's all, never you know, made sense to me, but I, <laughs> but I feel you. <laughs> but he used to have the Scarface My Homies record on all the time, and he yeah. didn't go through every single track on it, but he went through quite a, quite a few, and mm-hmm. then... Most recently, when I I went back and I listened to this whole thing twice, mm-hmm. and it's a lot to get through, but it's dope though. Uh, Rodney had had mentioned that we should do Scarface, my homies, as mm-hmm. a tribute. I think it was, and it was like, why didn't you guys do this one as a tribute? Yeah, but, uh, he was upset that we were talking about who we talk, We were talking about someone. It might have been like Wayne or something. He's like, or I. I don't remember who it was, but we were talking about someone, and he's like, "I see y'all ain't no, ain't no one talk about Scarface. What's good is that?" So we definitely had to come yeah, back through um, and cover this. The one thing I'll say about this album is that, to me, it got overshadowed. I, I went back, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's the album that had Smile on it. Mm-hmm. I love that album." Yeah. Then I went back, and I was like, "Oh no, that's The Untouchable." <laughs> the Untouchable was like such a monumental album for me that I think it overshadowed my homies. The ones that I remember listening to a lot, I think it was like Fuck Faces, the one with Devin mm, Dude, and yeah. then uh, What's Going On. Mm. We used to listen to Bump That Shit all the time. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I think one of the things I like about this is mm. that, you know, Scarface is really trying to put a lot of people on. I think he even has Do or Die on here. Mm. And there's a, like Devin the Dude is they on half of the record. Lot. In yeah. fact, I think on the whole second LP, Scarface is only on like five tracks. Oh. And so it really it's like a, a compilation in the sense it's like, look, like I'm putting out my album. Yeah, with but my these homies. are also all my homies right, and they right, got right. something to say too. Right. So yeah. Scarface catalog. Good shit. Yeah, like good I shit. said, he's one of the only people I would consider a veteran in the game that has no bad albums. Yeah. Every album is is, is giving you something. And to that point, to that end, right, he puts out Untouchable in 97, which was an instrumental and monumental album for me. So he puts out something else in 98, and I don't give it my full attention <laughs> because I'm so busy just engulfed in what he put out in 97. Uh, yeah. I used to, when I, when I came to UVA, I used to have this ritual before every exam, I played the song Untouchable by Scarface <laughs> on my way to the exam. It was like my, you know, every time I had a calculus exam, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, physics exam, had to put that Untouchable on, yo, you know. I got you. But, uh, you yeah. Own. Um, anyway, Scarface and my homies. Yeah. Capadonna the Pillage, we talked about. Yeah, we already covered that one, but it's just something else worth We love it. Yeah, we do love it. Even yeah, though we made it a classic. We made we it a it. classic, but we still love it. Uh, the next one, big one would be Moment of Truth from Gangstar. Big. And it's interesting that we didn't do a dedicated tribute uh-huh. episode to this album. Uh-huh. It's probably good enough to have warranted one on music alone. Maybe it wasn't as pivotal as, say, you know, the big pun, Capital Punishment, or the DMX is dark and hell is hot. But from a musical perspective, I mean, it's probably their best album. Right. And yeah, there's just a lot of good shit on here. There's a lot of great shit on here. I want to say, and you know, salute me or shoot me or whatever, right? But um, 
I don't think that Guru is our favorite artist over a premiere beat. No, in fact, we, and, we and, covered that on the, yeah. the mic fights. And I think that that's part of the reason why we probably haven't spent time on this album. But it's a, an album that definitely deserves to really be discussed because it's just a damn good album. Well, Guru isn't the best over a premiere beat, but it's so interesting because he's monotone, right? He doesn't have that much flair he doesn't have much variance he's pretty much the same cat Mm. but he's very unique and i Mm. find myself listening to him even though not all of his bars are great i still find myself listening to him Mm. and paying attention and he's good on this i think Mm. the one knock i'll give to him is that there are two records on here where he is completely overshadowed i mean almost to the point where he doesn't even need to be on the track and we just mentioned one of them the betrayal track with scarface scarface kills it and that beat is bananas oh god um uh, put his foot into that one and then obviously the big one is above the clouds with respect yeah. the deck ayatollah rest in the cloud the sky's my sofa man uh, that that's, deck, deck uh, killed the game with that verse yeah i think that this album was probably the one that they did the best in terms of you know guru was just part of the system mm-hmm. it almost didn't feature him and i don't mean to say that in a negative way like you had casey and jojo on this album which oh God. and it's just uh, like royalty? And they, yeah i love that oh. that's one of my oh, favorite that's, the, that's not royalty that's um royalty. yeah that is royalty yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um it's one of my favorite like most overlooked in my opinion premiere beats um and it's amazing and it's also something where like you know they're dudes that are supposed to be these like we're we're all about hip-hop hip-hop only you know no whack shit and then casey and jojo are here doing records with tupac and you know all this other stuff like you know they're from jodeci they're they're new jack swing they're r&b but then like you know premiere and guru are able to recontextualize what they do and put it in there and it just it messed so well. It didn't mm-hmm. sound like a stretch or a reach at all. Mm-hmm. It's just such a great song. But there's so many great songs on this. Song. There's 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 a lot of them. The militia. You know, the only thing I will say about the militia is that Freddie Fox doesn't need a 32 bar verse no. or however long it is. No, I remember actually seeing an interview with Premier. He was talking about the militia. And- this is kind of a funny story, but uh, he was like, yeah, you know, back in those days, me and Guru, you know, we were working out, we were getting cut, you know, and we were, we, were, we were swole, but you know, the swollest dude out of all of us was Freddie the Fox, you know, he used to come by the studio and he'd just be pumping iron, like his, his muscles was crazy, so we had to get him on the track. I, like, I guess so. <laughs> that sounds like some shit only Premier would say, like, yo, his muscles was crazy, had to put him on the record. Like, <laughs> dog, that's not a good reason reason to put somebody on your record the uh, (laughs) the other thing is that around this time the blade soundtrack came out which had the mop track on there with the premiere beat that record is crazy and that should have been on this album instead of the mop yeah yeah, i agree yeah because that that joint is the records you're talking about is on the um gangstar like greatest hits yes. album. Yes, it's all yeah. full clip. Full clip, there yeah. it is, yeah. Which is, if we do a tribute for Gangstar, that was the one I was planning to do. I think okay. that's a 2000 release. Okay. Um, so when we get to that point, we should do a tribute for that, because yeah. that will encompass all the Gangstar. It does, it does, it gives yeah. you everything. I, I actually really, really liked that album. So, um, I think I got it the same day I got the Inspector Deck promo. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. yeah. One of the things that I like about this album is that this is the, I guess, I don't want to call it infamous, but this was the big skit where DJ Premier calls yeah. out a bunch of different cats for snitching on him yeah, with the sample. about samples. Yep. Yeah, so it was, it was two parts, right? One, he says that anyone who's trying to sue him for scratching in their lyrics, he's like, look, like this is hip hop. Like we're all on the same team. What are right. you guys doing? But the other thing he, he was calling out cats for was when he would sample records, other people will put compilations together and then label it like, yeah, Premiere used this for this. He's right. like, yo, stop snitching. Right. But now he doesn't believe that anymore. He doesn't believe what? Well, he's uh, since come out and said, like, I was completely bugging. Like, he's like, you know, I should have credited the people whose music yeah. I, like, I took or whatever. I, I can see yeah. it both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Quick little tangent. Uh, we were talking about this at work. I think it was with the... Uh, the song Redbone came up and I was telling folks how, yeah, like this sounds just like Boosie Collins. Collins. I want to, I'd rather be with you. Right. And they couldn't hear it. And I was like, you guys are crazy. It's how do you not the hear same it? Song. Right. right, right. But then it got into a discussion about how Sam Smith got sued successfully by Tom Petty. And same thing for Marvin Gaye and um, exactly. Marvin Thicke. Yeah. Right, right, right. And this woman in my office was basically saying how, no, she didn't believe that. 
if you put something out there and it's not successful and it's not hot, but someone else comes and samples it and it is hot, you shouldn't get any credit. And I was like, all right, first of all, first of all, for a record like from Tom Petty or from Marvin Gaye, you're mm. absolutely dead wrong. Yeah, but I at agree. the same time, though, I do kind of understand where that argument is coming from, from the premier's perspective, right? Like right. he was taking deep cuts that no one had ever heard. Yeah. Didn't get much traction. And he samples them and all of a sudden, like they're these huge hits. Right. And I'm not saying that those original artists shouldn't get paid. I think they mm. should get paid. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, like, I don't think we need to be as aggressive in suing him, yeah. you know, for sampling something. And it brought to light a really, really cool video if you guys haven't seen it. If you really want to know about sampling and some of the implications, have you ever seen the video on the Amen break? No. You've heard the break, right? Mm -hmm. And I, it's a song by, I think it's like the Winston Brothers. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this quick three-second drum breakdown. And it's one of the original breakbeats, right? In fact, the drums used basically became the samples for drum and bass music. And the controversy here is that that record had been sampled so many times throughout the years that a company came in that was like making beats mm -hmm. uh, or making softwares, controllers, whatever, mm -hmm. and they had like pre-sampled kits. And one of them was the, the drum and bass sample from the Amen break. Mm -hmm. And the controversy here is that if you made a song with that kit and didn't give credit to the people who made the product, you were going to get sued, despite the fact that no one paid the, uh, wow. the Winston Brothers wow. any money for this sample. Go and listen to this video for all you music nerds. It is absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. You have to go check this out. But anyway, uh, DJ Premier's little rant there kind of reminded me about all this stuff. So that's just one for you music nerds. Cool. So you want to go to the next one? Yeah, so that should wrap it up for the Gangstar Moment of Truth. Uh, the next mm -hmm. one we got Coco Brava as The Rude Awakening, also yeah. known as Smith, Smith & Wesson. Wesson. Yeah, so, so full disclosure, I've not, I've skimmed through this album. I've not yeah. really digested it. I think this is kind of a, a little bit of a you had to be there type of a moment. Mm -hmm. Smith & Wesson, as, as a lot of people know, had a, a very classic album in 1995. Mm -hmm. And so this was their second album. They got sued by the company Smith & Wesson. I can see that. Um, and I didn't realize how bad it was because I guess I was, I was too young, obviously. But I was listening to them on a podcast and they were talking about how like, Essentially, Smith & Wesson wanted to come for everything they had. Wow. Like, they almost shut down Duck Down Records. It was Jeez. that bad. Like, they were like, you know, you guys used our name, and they're getting all these notices for the lawsuit, and they're tagging on all this stuff. So, essentially, like, they had to walk away from their name and, and come with something else. I guess they, like, used to smoke a lot of, like, chocolate tie or something like that. that so, that's where they got the Coco Brothers. I guess that's what they their friends called them or something like that. But came back with this joint. It had that black Trump on it, mm -hmm. and that joint was hard. There's there's a few really really dope records on here. Um, Bucktown USA, like they came back with that. I think they had a record called um, One on One. Okay. That 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 did the mix circuit real crazy. But um, I know you you weren't like a big boot camp click. You know, guy. and I keep trying to get into them, and I, it's just hard. I mean, I know Sean Price is going to be the first one on the list uh -huh. uh, in terms of the boot camp click that I do really get into just because people keep talking about his name and I've, I've heard a few of his verses that I've liked oh so, so you're not you're not a, a Sean P fan well or, that's the thing you're like not, you're not big on his music I'm not big on his music but the verses that I have heard I really like I gotta put but, you on bro yeah no and, no put me on and, and the wild thing about Duck Down is Sean P was like the second coming of Duck Down mm -hmm. because Sean P was Ruck he was in uh, Helter Skelter two MCs, Ruck and Rock. Mm -hmm. Ruck was Sean P. So Sean P rebranded himself years later and came back out as, as Sean Price, right. which is his actual name. Right. But um, when he was in Helter Skelter, he was not the featured member of that group. Mm -hmm. So Rock, who had this like huge voice, you kind of talk like, like um, kind of was like, like Lord have mercy, but he could actually rap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Rock was like the featured member of Helter Skelter, you know, and then he later rebranded himself. But Black Moon and Smith and Wesson were the featured groups right. of Duck Down. And then everybody else kind of goes after that. So, right. I mean, not really that much more to say about this, except for, um, the Coco Brothers, after this album, they put out a record where they remixed the sound effects from Super Mario Brothers, and it was called uh, something like Super Coco Brothers or something. And that record ended up being the intro to this this whole album called like Game Over or something like that, mm -hmm. that Game Records put out, where basically they sampled 
all these video games and then had like like rappers make songs over them. But the oh, it was Super Brooklyn. That's what it was called. I think I've but heard the Super parts Brooklyn joint was it, it was to me. I mean, being a kid who played Super Mario. I was like, this is crazy. I like, think I've heard parts of that. Up. Yeah. It's like the hook is like Brooklyn, where we live at. Okay. Like, I definitely, well, I'm not sure if I heard that particular rendition, but I've definitely heard the Mario World songs turn into hip hop beats yeah. and people rap over them. Yeah. So I've heard that. There's one version or one song called Hellbound, I think it is. It features Master Ace and Eminem over a Zelda sample. Okay. So yeah, pretty interesting. But anyway. All right. So that should pretty much cover it from 1998. We're going to skip to the new stuff. So we got 2018. And there's a bunch of stuff that did come out in March. We've got a this little This is where Yinka becomes, Yachty. becomes the, the curmudgeon. <laughs> We've got Lil Yachty drop something, Logic. Uh, Sean Price has something with Illigy, Metal yeah. Detectors. Snoop Dogg has something. The Bible of Love. Did you pay any attention to that? That was his gospel album, right? Yeah, I skimmed a couple of tracks. The one thing I will say about it, first of all, I think the music that I heard was good music. Okay, because I haven't um, listened to it. The second thing I'll say about Snoop is I really, really appreciate him for putting this album out. Okay. I may never listen to it, but I respect it from the perspective of Snoop is a black dude that comes from a Christian family. He grew up listening to a lot of gospel music, and he's at a point in his career where he's so connected and has done so much already that he can say, you know what? I really like gospel music. Let me make a phone call to the, the top gospel people in the game and get all my favorite people to come together and, and put something out. It's like, you know, I love dance hall music. It's like mm -hmm. if I was able to just like wake up and call like my favorite dance hall artists and get them all on an album together to make the, the dream songs that I want to make. And so I just really respect them for putting that together. That's dope. I mean, look, Ray Charles made a country album. So yeah. he did that when he was solidified in the game. Yeah, yeah. So, but I haven't listened to it, but now maybe I'll have to go back and do that. Yeah. Uh, we have an album from Rich the Kid, which I don't even really know who he is. I don't know the fuck that is. But the only reason why I wanted to mention it is because he was the opening act at the Broccoli City Festival, uh, which we went to. I yeah, didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't even show up to see that. But I at least wanted to mention yeah, it. Yeah, like and I see, I keep seeing his name pop up, but I'm just like, okay. I think he he has like one of those like little songs that's out, right? Like like the Roly Roly song or something, something like that. Maybe. Yeah, anyway, all right. I don't Sorry. Know. And then there's You God Venom, which, look, the reason why we had to mention this is because, you know, he had his book released and he has the album released around the same time. Doug, I'm halfway through his book. Uh huh. He mentions his book, uh, his, his, his album in the book uh -huh. and on his press tour. And he says, you know, like, this is like some of the best music of his career. I, I'm not listening to this. Album. I've listened to a little bit of it and yeah. I didn't like any of no. it. So <laughs> I'm not listening to that, dog. Sorry. I bought your book, though. Shout out to that. <laughs> I just wanted to mention these because these are the things that we kind of either skipped through, but they came out. And the big one here that we skipped is Logic Bobby Tarantino. And the reason why I needed to mention that is because uh -huh. I know that Logic is a name that you've mentioned quite right. a few times. And I think, I don't want to say you're a fan of Logic, but you mm. respect Logic. I respect him, yeah. I listened to one of his early albums and I just got bored to tears. And so from yeah. that point, I just have no interest in listening to him. I agree with you 100%. I think Logic is, Vince Carter, Logic is, <laughs> Logic is a guy who can jump out of the gym lyrically. I have a lot of respect for him lyrically. I think his whole image and what they've done to market him is just it's just bleedingly just disappointing. Yeah. And I mean, I watched uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch Rapture. No, I haven't. But I, but I watched I've watched maybe 3 or 4 of the episodes. Mm -hmm. One of them is about Logic. It made me like him even less. Uh, I guess they're trying to rebrand him as like, you know, he's this guy that's like here for all the forgotten people. Is he? he wants to, he wants, you know, if you ever been bullied or, you know, suffered from depression, you should holler at Logic. Like, nah, dog, I'm good. Well, the um, big one to come out this month was No News Is Good News from Fonte. This is the only album worth mentioning, I would yes. say, other than actually Snoop Dogg Bible okay. of Love, I think is, is, is worth mentioning, and Styles P, Nickelback, just because even though I haven't listened to it, I respect Styles P for continuing to give us his brand of hip hop. Mm -hmm. He hasn't swayed, he hasn't tried to be other any other people he just gives us we're gonna talk styles. about styles p later he has okay. another album that i did listen to and it is okay. worth talking about but for nice. now let's get into that fonte no right. news is good news fonte. you really wanted i get the feeling that you really want my opinions on this album right sure it wasn't <laughs> what i what i was asking for but why don't you give us your opinion on, on it? um 
I get why you like him, and I understand why he doesn't appeal to me.、Mm-hmm. It's not his lyrics. I think his lyrics are good.、Mm-hmm. I think the messaging, everything on here is fine. I think the biggest beef I have with him,、mm-hmm. he's boring to listen to for me.、Mm-hmm. Um, the style, the voice, the flow—it just doesn't work for me. But that being said, I did enjoy this, and、mm-hmm. I think he's got some really good content on here. Yeah, I also think he has good content on here. I'm a Fonte fan, so.、Mm-hmm. To be honest, I was a little disappointed or underwhelmed. Were you? I think also though, I'm like you in that when I'm inundated with everybody telling me I should like something,、yeah. it annoys me.、Yeah. Everybody was like, "Oh, Fonte, this is the best album of the year. It's the greatest shit ever." It's not, and it's not. It's good. I think it's there's definitely a lane and a space for what we'll call grown man rap. Yeah, I really respect the fact that he talked about things like you know having a family member pass away from.、Um, You know, from high blood pressure and cholesterol, like、yeah. from eating, from bad eating, and then at the funeral, his family's eating the food that killed his family member. You know,、um, things like that are things that you don't really hear in rap music. And we pat Jay Z on the back for 444. You know, he's finally giving us an album that's mature. He's talking about his relationships. Fonte is giving us an album about life that's、yeah. mature. But in in many cases, I I got bored,、mm-hmm. and in many cases, I'm like, so. I, As well, I did like the line where he said he's talking about growing up without a father, and he's saying that I need to learn how to be a father, but I never learned how to be a son or some, something along those lines, right?、Mm-hmm. And he was like playing off the words in that way,、mm-hmm. and you know he's talking about how how he needs to be the father despite the fact that he didn't get many examples.、Mm-hmm. But there was some there was some clever lines in there, and. I found myself being able to pay attention, that's so good. that's good. Fonte can rap his ass off. Also, <laughs> we've we've been uh we've been fans of Brevity,、mm-hmm. and I think he started the the year off kind of right with giving us these. Now we're getting these concise、yep. seven to ten track albums,、yeah. and he gave us one. So I mean, cool with it. So that should wrap it up for March. We're gonna get into April, and、yep. this is the only one that we're gonna cover from 1988. Boogie Down Productions by all means necessary. Have you、yep. listened to this album? I have. So everyone talks about when they talk about KRS-One, when they talk about BDP, they always talk about Criminal Minded, which is the、yeah. debut from Scott LaRock, KRS-One. But、yeah. in my opinion. This is the best record that KRS-One did under the、mm. BDP brand.、Mm. His next best album would be the one he did in 1993, which is Step Into a World. No, into that's a world on it? that's I Got Next, which is in 1996.、Uh, 1993, he had the one. Actually, I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's the one where、um, it was one with、um, Black Cop and Sound of the Police.、Uh, Premier yeah, yeah, is heavy yeah, yeah. on that record, right?、Uh-huh. And that's a KRS-One record. But it's not Return of the Boombat. It is Return of the Boombat.、Okay, Thank、yeah. you, Return of the Boombat. Okay. And so, but this by all means necessary.、Mm-hmm. It had I'm still number one. It、yeah. had my philosophy,、yeah. and it has Jimmy, the J,、yeah. the I, the M, the M, the Y, the J, the I, the M is Jimmy. Ah, yo, those three records go to me, yeah, and no, I, I think that they're worth discussing. I actually went back and listened to this because I, as you've known, I'm I'm like a Rakim guy.、Mm-hmm. I'm a Kane guy. I've never really been a big KRS guy,、mm-hmm. but this is a really really good album. Is, and actually, when、is. I went back, and you're gonna be mad at me about、That's、this,、fine. but um. I actually feel as though I was more impressed by this listening to it than I was when I went back and listened to the Eric B and Rakim. That's fair、uh, for our thing. No, and, that's fine. And maybe that's just because I, I already was a Rakim fan, so、mm-hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't like, oh wow. Yeah. I mean, there were records that I've heard here. Like, I'm still number one. Is is yeah, huge. Still and, and I mean, number one. And it's wild、Happy、because it's classic. Yeah. And it's wild because a lot of his lyrics here. Have also been like sampled and cut up、yes. for hooks, yeah, like yeah, primo yeah. hooks and stuff like that. So、mm-hmm. I was hearing things that I, I had already heard before. I just hadn't heard them in the context of the actual album. That was a, a, a surprisingly enjoyable listen. I'm definitely gonna listen to that one. I think that the Eric B and Rakim that we covered last year is. A must listen to for just how pivotal it was lyrically.、Mm-hmm. The music-wise, I mean, it's fine. It was 1987. They're still trying to work through something, but the production on here, this shit is pretty plush. Yeah, this shit was pretty fire. And KRS-One、um, was was putting it in. So it, it also though gave me a little bit of an understanding, a better understanding about the way they used to mix hip hop records in 1988.、Mm-hmm. Um, like the voice is kind of too high, and then like the <laughs> drums are like. Crazy, like punch you in your chest drums, and then、right. the, the rest of the instruments are just kind of sitting at the bottom. I mean, of the that's、mix. that boom bap, right? <laughs> But、uh, yeah, I enjoyed it.
So you guys want to go back and listen to some good classic hip hop. If you hadn't had a chance to, 1988, go back, listen to Boogie Down Productions by all means necessary. Even the album cover is dope. Yeah, it is. He's got the huge, I don't know what kind of what, what kind of gun it is, but he's peering out the window. Basically, he's doing Recreating his best Malcolm X Malcolm. impression, right? Yeah. Uh, so dope, so dope. Yeah. So we're going to go into 1993. And the only one here for April that might be worth mentioning is the Master Ace Incorporated Slaughterhouse. Yeah. I listened to this the first time recently. It uh-huh. was cool, but oh, why man. did you like? Why you should be the better one to tell mm-hmm. us why this is worth talking about? So, Slaughterhouse is a classic. I'll mm-hmm. start there. Okay. Um, it's actually in that book that I told you about, where they had like the twenty-five best hip-hop albums, and they had like people uh, interviewed about and it. And they had this on there, um, and it was on there. Really? And the wild thing about it was, it was one of the few albums where the people who made the album were so at odds with each other that, like everything they were saying was contradicting each other and like <laughs> they only had negative things to say about each other. So the guy who produced the album and Master Ace are not friends. They hate okay. each other. Actually, there was an episode of Combat Jack where, was it Combat Jack or Epstein? I think it was Combat Jack where um, the guy who produced the album came on there and like, this was like a couple years ago and he still hates Master Ace. And like, he's like, yeah, he ain't shit. And he didn't even write all his rhymes. And I mean, he's just going in. Anyway, this album was pivotal in the way that EPMD is pivotal in right. that um, this was one of the first albums where somebody who was an East Coast artist, this guy's a member of the legendary Juice Crew with West Coast production. Mm-hmm. The beats are very West Coast of the Especially time. Especially the way they start um, out. The album yeah. starts out for sure. This record, I think people were really impressed by when it came out, but it wasn't until the Jeep Ass Nigga remix, which I hope I hope you've heard it. If you haven't, I have I, I listened to this album. I yeah. forget which songs were which. Man, that record, like, that record was the record that they say, like, you're, you're riding around in your, in your whip or whatever. Born to Roll, Jeep Ass Nigga remix. Okay. Check it out. It's like if you think about that uh, that song coming out in 1993, like that was the record that propelled this album to where where it was. But it's in the classic album. I'm surprised it'd be at the top 25 list. I listened to it and I thought it was cool. One so, of the things some I'll of, say, some of the some of the things that the guy put as the top 25 were kind of questionable. I would I would say Slaughterhouse wouldn't even be the most questionable. But if you ask people who are like the heads, the gatekeepers. Slaughterhouses in the Pantheon. One of the things I'll mention about it is that subject matter wise, you say that the people were at odds with each other. That's that's odd. I I did see some common theming here. I like the idea of the slaughterhouse, cows being led to the slaughter. Obviously, that's analogous to, you know, black people being led into these environments where we're just, you know, killing ourselves. It made me think about the early 90s. And it reminded me that at one point, the whole stop the violence movement was yeah. actually cool. Uh, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we're kind of getting back to that, hinting right, at right. getting back to that, maybe. With the woke thing? Yeah, yeah, maybe. But for the longest time, that whole stop the violence shit was not cool. Yeah. And this album, you can hear that, oh, no, it was. A, yeah. it must have been a cool thing to talk about. because. Well, well if you remember, um, I spoke about it on another episode. LA had the the truce of nine deuce, mm-hmm. which was like after you know Rodney King right. and everything. Then all the black folks said, "All right, you know, Bloods, Crips, everybody, we need to like put the guns down and like you know all truce up." And so I mean, yeah, stop the violence was big at that point in time because rightfully so. Right. So should we uh, go on to 1998? 98. So the first one we got is a uh, Good Mom Still Standing, which is their Good sophomore Mom. LP, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And I listened to it. This is mm-hmm. good, but I think that the hits are still the standout. Yeah. There aren't too many filler tracks that I'm like, yo, I, I really had to go and listen to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Black Ice is a hell of a possible Oh my cut. God. I it's love that hook. The beat, the hook. Oh, yeah. Big Boy and Andre. Mm-hmm. I mean, that song is a classic. And the other one, uh, they don't dance no more. Yo, yeah. that beat still goes. Yeah. I could probably mix that in with one of my like trap-ish yeah. 3-6 rendition sets that I'm doing right now. Like, I could probably mix it in. That shit, that shit goes. You talked about um, how that one record on the Mace was kind of like one of the earliest like indicators of like trap music or whatever that you had heard. And I think that um, They Don't Dance No More also kind of fits in that category. Well, like, I mean... Like you, that bounce. You're, you know? you're ignoring 
three six mafia's entire catalog but that's okay uh you know one thing i will say about goody mob and this is no disrespect to them but i kind of see why CeeLo went solo <laughs> you know He's definitely the standout talent. He is a standout. And he's such a unique talent in terms of what he brings lyrically, vocally, the flow, the charisma, the personality. I understand why he went solo. I think Big Gib had a lot of charisma and personality as well. But, um, but yeah, like, he doesn't stand out the way that CeeLo does. Not at lyrically, but I mean, when you put the whole package together. I can see that. Big, Big Gib definitely stood out to me. Um, but yeah, uh, that is... I, I want to say that's their best album. Probably. And, and it was dope. Uh, the next one, we got Big Pun, Capital Punishment. We already had the tribute for that, so yeah, go back and listen to that. you already know we love that. But here's a big one for me, because the first time I ever heard this name was actually on that Drake and Lil Wayne track. What was it? Uh, uh, rest in peace, Mac Dre. I'm going to do it for the bay. Yes. Uh, right. yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Mac Dre, stupid, doo-doo, dumb. Yeah. Apparently, you said he's the Bay's version of Tupac or something they, along those lines. I mean, Pac is technically kind of from the Bay, so I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> don't shoot me. But um, Mac Dre is like the way Pac is loved, the way Big is loved. Mac Dre is loved in the Bay. He's the martyr for the for the Bay. I went and listened to this, and I enjoyed it. I think that my main beef with it, though, is that it sounds very derivative of other things, right? And I'm talking about stuff that even came before it. It just sounds like, oh, yeah, this song kind of sounds like this song that I just heard. And this I one kind of sounds like that one that I just heard. I think it's the context of That's, your ears because be I think whatever you heard is probably derivative of Mac Dre. Mac Dre, like all this hyphy shit like that I put you on to, I used to listen to in college, all that, like that all came from Mac Dre. And so if you ever watched Fruitvale Station, which I have. You know the moment where they're all on the train and they're partying and they're having a good time. Dude uh, comes with the speaker. Dre? That's yeah. Mac Dre's okay. music, and like everybody's going crazy. It's just Mac Dre is the bay. Like you. as as much as we shout out Too Short and we shout out E Forty, mm-hmm. it's like Mac Dre, Too Short E Forty. Like it's you. like that for the bay. So the next one we got an album from Public Enemy. He got game, which was also the soundtrack of the movie. He yeah. got game, and the album. It's not bad. It actually starts out kind of strong. Master okay. Killer and KRS-One, they have some features on here that are pretty okay. dope and the beats are dope. But I do think that it's worth mentioning just because that was a pretty big movie. You know, it was a Spike Lee joint. The movie was huge. And Spike Lee was doing his experimental shit. But I mean, we got Ray Allen starring as Jesus <laughs> Shuttlesworth and Denzel acting his ass off as he's wont to do in everything he does. Did you hear that um, Stefan Marbury was supposed to be the character? that Ray Allen ended up getting? It makes sense because Stefan Marbury is from New York, right? Yeah. But I actually kind of liked it as Ray Allen just because he was so bad that he's become a caricature. <laughs> and like, it's so it's so fun to kind of laugh at Jesus Shuttlesworth while at the same time uh-huh. respecting Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yo, they got they even got jerseys, like like the Boston jersey with Shuttlesworth on the back. I love it. I, I, yeah. I, I, I even call him Shuttlesworth, like still. <laughs> <laughs> The album has got some good joints on it. I'm not, it's probably not their best record. But it was an interesting choice, I think, for in 1998 when there was a bunch of other artists that they could pick to do the soundtrack. They chose Public Enemy. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I really didn't like that song. I just remember the song coming out and it being like, I got game. You got game. I like the He beat, got though. game. We all got game. Like, nah, dog. We don't all have game. Maybe I think for lot, me. A lot of cats can't, can't ball. I um, just, I love <laughs> classic rock. And so um, that's that's like a classic classic rock jam uh-huh. and so i've always liked the song just because of that yeah uh, so anytime like hip-hop wants to sample a rock and roll beat like i'm all for it so yeah but you know like i said there's a they have a track with master killer and they have another track with karen yeah, i never listened to the soundtrack to. so no that's fair i have fair. to check it out all right so now we're going to get into 2018 we already yeah. covered cardi b's invasion of privacy um Cardi. There's some other records on here, you know, mm. Blue and Knots, Gods and the Spirits, Titans and the Flesh. The reason why I listed this, and I haven't listened to it, but mm. this is the same Blue who did the Blue in Exile, right? It is. Which is an underground classic. Yeah. That came out in 2007? Six or seven, yeah. Yeah. One of those years. Go back and listen to that. That's definitely a uh, classic. It's a classic. Jim Jones is still making music? Wasted Talent? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't listened to that either. <laughs> no. Young Thug, Hear No Evil. Aren't you like a, a Young Thug apologist? All right, so let's let's go ahead and set the record straight on this whole Young Thug thing. All right, so 
I was in Atlanta with family. Eat the food like and groceries. I, and I, I heard Young Thug on the radio and I was like, this is trash. <laughs> and my sister was like, this is like, I really like it. And my brother was like, yeah, this is what they're listening to down here. I was like, okay. Then I heard him again and I got it. Like it was like a light bulb you. moment. And I, and I was like, this guy's going to take over everything. Mm -hmm. And then Complex or one of these online things did, it, did an article about him. And I read, I read his story. You shared that. Yeah. yeah. And I read so, part of it. And I was like, wow. So I went back to all the homies and I was like, this guy's going to take, I played a record. I think it was the stoner record, actually. I'm okay. a stoner, I'm a stoner, I'm a stoner. Right, right, right. I played it at a party and I was like, this guy's going to take over everything. They're like, oh yeah, it sounds cool. Who, who is it? And I was like, he's a gay dude from Atlanta. And they were like, no. <laughs> There's no way. And I was like, watch. I was like, this guy's gonna blow up. He's gonna like run rap. They were like, nah. So everybody's making fun of me. Yo, you what's up? <laughs> some of that dude that you told us about. Two, three months go by. All of a sudden, Young Thug is on everything. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I told y'all. So now all my friends are like, aren't you Young Thug's biggest fan? <laughs> no, I'm not Young Thug's biggest fan. I just was an early, somebody who early heard him and was like, I know this guy's gonna be big. Did not listen to that album. I haven't Sorry. listened to it either, but I actually probably will listen to it at some point. Yeah. But the big ones that we should cover from this month, we already covered Cardi B, like I said, but we Cordy. got J. Cole, K-O-D. Yeah. What did you think about this album? I thought it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it a lot. In fact, I've listened to other J. Cole projects, and I've been in the camp kind of like Panama, mm. where Panama is, he respects J. Cole, but he just finds him boring. Mm. He's not a big fan. He thinks that, look, J. Cole fans swear by him, and water is wet, right? I'm pretty much paraphrasing mm. his blog that he put on Very Smart Brothers. But I listened to this, to this and, I, and I got it. I, was, yeah. I got it instantly. I was like, wow, this is what J. Cole fans are talking about. Right. I really like this album. I personally like Forest Hill Drive better okay. than this album, but I, I admit there's just been too much fucking music, and I really yeah, haven't listened to yeah I haven't listened to this album more than once or twice. I really need to sit down and give it uh, give it a little bit more time. I would say that I, I like it better than the previous his previous album, mm -hmm. um, but I I didn't like it better than Forest Hills. I like the some of the standout tracks for me. Obviously, ATM is one of the big hits right now, but mm. I really like the opening verse, particularly the way it ends. He's basically he's he's acting as if he's a rapper who's come up and now he's big and he's talking shit about everybody else. And mm. he's saying that like the teachers used to diss me in class and um or basically he's he's basically shitting on teachers, right? And he's like, uh, and all of a sudden I'm so good at math. Mm. And that really stuck with me because it's so funny. How many times have you heard all of these rappers diss their teachers mm -hmm. and then they get on and then all of a sudden they're so smart. And it's like, yo, at some point you weren't a good student. Right, right, and he's kind of playing on that and, I, and I appreciated that. Yeah. But obviously you got all the stuff in here about addiction, the brackets, mm -hmm. the second verse on brackets. Yeah, that's just uh, crazy. Really, I, I posted, really dope. I posted yes, you did. Right, yeah. And yeah, like there were people who were even listening to it like, yeah, that's a good idea. I want an app on my phone that can tell my congressman where I want my tax money to go that's to. Real. A lot of people were like, yeah, that's a good idea. That that was a novel idea for them because <laughs> I feel like I've been saying that for so long. Even Cardi Whoa. B, Cardi B said that before she this. did. She did say something yeah. along those lines. So I yeah. mean, not to say that, not that's to fair. make any comments about Cardi B or anything, but she definitely mentioned <laughs> that before. Um, you want to go to the next? Well, one? the big record we have to talk about is 1985. Yo, did you see the the joint I posted? What'd you post? DJ Premier remixed 1985. Oh, 19, 19, 1966? Yeah, yeah, and then he it. and he posted a video of him live in the studio, like playing it out of his his like. I didn't see the video. I just yeah. saw the. I'm in a, in a record pool, and that song uh, came up, and I listened to it. I was like, oh, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that that's just hot. What'd you think of that verse, though? A lot of people were excited about it. I liked it too. To be honest, I don't remember. I, really? I, I haven't listened. I, like I remember. I, like I said, I listened to this once, maybe twice. And a couple records, like, I really, really gravitated towards, like, Brackets, mm -hmm. you know, I posted it, told everybody, like, y'all should check this out. But I haven't really listened to it in depth enough to be like, oh, 1985, I, I remember it. I listened to this whole thing one time, and then I got stuck in traffic one day, uh, coming back home on 395 when they were doing construction and all the edges Every were time. fucking blocked off, yeah. right? So I put this record on, and then I heard this the second time, and I was like, whoa. No lie, I must have played this song on repeat 15 times, and I'm not kidding. Nah. Like, I I just thought it was dope. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll probably end up going over KOD again. 
Um, so I definitely have to listen to it again in depth. Okay. The other one that's worth talking about is not necessarily hip hop, but Janelle Monae did release another album, Dirty Computer. Did you listen mm. to it? No. So my quick thoughts is that the first time I listened to it, there were only a few tracks that I really, really liked. The main one would be I Like That. You also had So Afraid. I think it was a really good song. Mm. The first half of this was like, what the fuck is she doing? It just sounds really, really pop, derivative pop music that wasn't very original. But that was the first time I listened to it. The second time I listened to it, having a better understanding about what it was, I enjoyed it a lot more. Mm. I'm not saying that it's her best work, but she's got some she's got some really good songs on here. Mm. The best one, the standout, is definitely I Like That. Essentially what it is, is she's talking about all the things that people used to diss her about. That, hey, you know what? I like that. You know what I mean? I, I, I cut off my hair. I cut off my perm and I went natural. You used to diss it, but hey, you know what? I like that. And I think it's a very positive message, not just for women, but for anybody who has self-image issues or anybody who feels like they need to cater to the crowd. It's like, hey, celebrate yourself like it is cool. There mm-hmm. we go. So we're going to go right into to May now, 1998. And we've got from Rockus Records, Lyricist Lounge Volume 1. Yeah, I was, I was huge on this. Like, this was the first album that like really encompassed like what the culture really was like for cats like myself Mm -hmm. and other people who were like you know writing rhymes and battling and rapping and freestyling i mean the skits on this album are literally people like going into the bathroom and like and like like battling each other or freestyling with each other um so i definitely remember this album very fondly some of the records were better than others obviously Mm -hmm. but um it really felt like like a kind of level playing field this is at the time where like i'm listening to like arsonists and you know artifacts and like you know all these like super underground artists and then you know this gives us like i think it was hosted by de la soul well the Um, this one was okay yeah yeah and um and you know it gave us like a real opportunity to to connect with that so very important record the main standout record on here is body rock with most def and Mm -hmm. i forget who else is on that q-tip it is and uh tash yeah yes from um from the uh the alcoholics Alcoholics yeah um (laughs) one of the things i remember listening to this is that you talked before about how like lord have mercy is good in theory and so you actually listen to him and he's got a full track on here and then you realize that I'm not even sure if he's good in theory. It's, yeah, it's bad. His voice is dope, and I'll just leave it at that. One of the things I noticed, though, is that on volume, on the disc two, you have Cool Keith hosting, which mm-hmm. is surprising for me, because Cool Keith is a fucking oddball. He's a strange guy. He is a strange guy, yeah. and the fact that they had him host their second disc. Yo, but Cool Keith is like a like a folk hero for, like, the underground, oh, though. Yo, yeah. Cool Keith, his following, are they're very yeah, staunch supporters. Exactly. Uh, very staunch Supporter. supporters. Yeah. I remember my cousin once put me on to Cool Keith, and it was whatever his, like, space... He has like space porn and space shit. Space like, Elvis. Yo, he's he got has some one joint weird called, fucking called shit. like Ass Master or something. Yo, Cookie is an interesting guy. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Like interesting guy. dude. But yeah, uh, Lyricist Lounge. Yo, it's got some really dope beats on here, some dope lyrics. And this uh, is definitely one for all the people who are like, oh, I want my raw backpacker hip hop. Yo, like, there's a couple of records yeah. on here that I still listen to. One oh, of yeah. them is. Um, OC and Raskaz Action Guaranteed mm-hmm. uh, Produced by Sean J. Period For folks that aren't familiar with Sean J. Period He did a lot of work with like Black Star And some of those like ruckus Like more underground groups Right And it's actually funny They talk about him in that 25 Top 25 thing mm-hmm. um, Sean J. Period Because I guess In the middle of recording the Black Star album He had some religious experience Where he no longer believed in sampling Wow. And so, like, he felt as though to sample was to, like, steal from something that's already in the earth or something. So, like, he completely switched his style. He stopped making beats that had samples in them and, like, went and, like, learned how to play piano and all this stuff so that he could make beats without any samples. And so, like, there was a period of time where all the people that were working with him had to, like, step away from him because he he wasn't making the type of music that they, like, wanted. So it was just really interesting reading about that, you know, like, they kind of had to go work with other people because Sean J period was like I don't want to put this stuff out like I I don't want music that has samples in it to be associated with me interesting very interesting interesting the next one would be the full scale from showbiz and AG yeah man 
such a good album. This is another one that I was listening to for the first time. At first, I didn't necessarily get it. But then as it got more involved, I was like, oh, this is digging in the crates. Yeah. So obviously, Yink is big on this. Right. It's um, got some dope beats on here, particularly, I think it's Spit. That mm-hmm. Spit beat is legendary. Duh. So Spit was like, uh, there was a period of time where that came out on vinyl. Yeah. And that was like... I mean, if you if you listen to like the old Wake Up Show freestyles mm-hmm. or any freestyles, everybody freestyles oh, yeah. over that beat. That it's beat a, is it's like a classic freestyle yeah. beat. Oh man! I mean, every time I hear that beat, I just want to rap. Like, no, I feel you. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. But um, yeah, man, Sean AG. Obviously, these are the early founding members of of Digging in the Crates crew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the cats that really paved the way for and and created the lane for for Big L, who is yeah. my favorite MC of all time. And so, he's on this record. With uh, yep. Dignified Soldiers, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, Dignified Soldiers. So, yeah, important record for me. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't have anything else to add with it, so yeah, if you want to. It's all good. Now, I, I will say, though, that um, I think a show in AG joint also landed on the um, the 8 Mile. It might have. I know OC did for sure. OC okay. Time's Up, remember? Yeah. When he had the... um. He just, like, couldn't rap, and he's just sitting there, and the beach is going... And he just like freezes up. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we can go on. So uh, now we're going to get into more of the new material. And uh, did you listen to this LOD from Designer? I'm guessing no. 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 Uh, I didn't listen to it either. But it's just kind of funny that Designer's popping up from out of nowhere. Uh, he disappeared all of 2017 after setting the world alight in 2016. He, he really did. He really and did. And then just went into obscurity. So yeah, he's got he another said, album out. He said he was working and he said his album was going to be great. And I mean, I, it's also kind of interesting that Kanye came out here and made an ass of himself and all of us um, to try to promote his album and these other albums that he's involved in. But he didn't do that for designer. I guess I guess maybe designer is no longer on good music or maybe I don't know. That's interesting. Um, we also got an album from ASAP Rocky testing. I haven't listened to it, but I probably will. I was underwhelmed. Oh, you um, are? Okay. There's one or two records on there, but, um, you know, I will venture to say, because I actually think ASAP Rocky is talented. I like ASAP Rocky. Um, I think that maybe he's just not focused on music right now. That is probably fair. Yeah. So I did check out Ray Schremmer's SR3 MM. What do you think? So this is the way I judge this music, right? If I can sit down and listen to it and not need to skip a track, mm-hmm. it's cool. Okay. And if it's got a few joints that I'm banging on repeat, mm-hmm. it's fine. So from that perspective, it's good for, for mm-hmm. this type of music. It has some joints on there that I really like. I mean, obviously, the main highlight is Power Glide, yo. Anytime you riff a 3-6 Mafia joint, and this particular one, it'd be side to side, and you get Juicy J on the record. I'm obviously game for that. I, that joint's bumping right now. I fuck with Power Glide. I've heard from some folks that are fans that um they were surprised that so the the way the reason it's called shrimp with a three in the middle of it is it's three discs one right. disc is slim jimmy's disc the other one is uh uh what's it sway lee sway lee's uh disc and then they have one together mm-hmm. i've heard from folks that they were surprised that slim jimmy's disc was the better of the i was actually kind of surprised too the rest. in fact and, there's yeah. a song i think it's the last track on there growed up which i really kind of fuck with mm-hmm. and there's a few joints on there i was surprised mm-hmm. because i didn't That's even know slim Jim- i forgot slim jimmy's name before this yeah obviously the main one i knew about was yeah, sway lee. Yeah, lee i mean sway lee has some joints too i like guatemala a lot of people are not bumping that but i kind of fuck with it and then i think he has one um off the shore which i i, I thought was cool too okay. but yeah you know, it's interesting. It was not a waste of my time, and mm. I'll probably go back and revisit it just because I got a gig coming up as a high school graduation, and mm. I got to play something for the young kids. So yeah, I was at a fader party, and um, Slim Jimmy was there. Um, this, oh, okay. I think I actually told you about this party where like it, bas- it basically was like a typical rapper situation. Like it just erupted in one one artist entourage fighting in, in with another artist entourage, and like police coming and breaking the whole thing up. <laughs> But um, I just remember everybody kept calling him the other guy from Shrimp. Like nobody <laughs> knew his name specifically. Right. He even like was bringing like his little CDs, and everybody was like, "Oh, the other guy from Ray Shrimp's here." You know. <laughs> so uh, oh, yeah, disrespect. Good, good for him, yeah. So one of the records that we need to talk about, and I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to it, but my brother insisted that I listen to it and that I talk about it, and yeah, I'm he gonna was make him mad. What? I'm gonna make him mad. But God. 
No, but he made me listen to it and he was right for doing so and he's right for me wanting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I've listened to the best album that I've heard this year and that's Good Thing by Leon Bridges. It's not oh, hip hop. Okay, I thought you were talking about something else. Never nah, it's not a hip hop album. Yeah. This album is incredible. I've heard I I've heard it. that that Leon Bridges is really dope. I, I haven't heard it. I think you need to. And when you listen to it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Okay. It's he's got almost like a Sam Cooke vibe from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. But it sounds modern. I mean, look, it it's it's got a classic appeal to it. It's mm-hmm. like it's like good R&B. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's some songs on there that are really upbeat. There's some songs there that are really poppy as well. But it meshes and blends real together. It's it's a really good song. Similar to like an Aloe Black or no. DJ the Chicago Kid or more more um, classic. I would say he's got some in some ways she sounds a little like Anderson Pac a little bit just a little bit not the music more the vocals okay he's almost got a little think of Raphael Sadiq maybe like a mix between instant vintage and the way I see it but set in like 2018 so some of the pop <laughs> stuff is going to sound appeasable to like you know a 2018 listener but i mean if you're a fan of good music i can't say enough about this album to me it's okay. far and away the best album definitely gonna check that out year. i might even check it out today and then another good one which i think is the best hip-hop album that i've listened to this year and that's royce the five nine book of ryan have you listened to this yes wholeheartedly disagree okay for me i thought it was I think it's the best one that I've listened to. I like the lyrics. It's definitely grown man dad rap, no yeah. doubt about it, right? It's very personal, but for me, I was impressed at how musical some of the tracks sounded, but you yeah. disagree, so I want to hear your thoughts. Why. Um, I've had a lot of offline arguments with folks about this because I've, I've heard some people say the same, um, mm-hmm. that they think it's the best album of the year or you know all the et cetera's. My issue is that it's so overwhelmingly corny that I can't really engage with it. It is a little um, To listen to a 40-plus-year-old man whining about being picked on for being too dark-skinned when he was a kid or, you know, like, I mean, just like, like he has a skit where he's talking about, I don't know, like, yeah, we be- we beat this guy up and yeah. whatever. I mean, it's just so corny. Like I'm like, you're like a 40-year-old dude telling me about <laughs> shit that happened when you were 15 and you're talking about it like like it happened yesterday. The music is cool, right? Yeah, I, I think the music really is cool like like Bablo Bode mm-hmm. and you know like like there's like a lot oh, of and, uh, like, Caterpillar is there. Yeah, that's the M one, right? Uh, Eminem is yeah, on that. Yeah, on that, that um, every time that come on, I love got, it. He's got joints on there and when he sticks to rapping like about rapping or or not like like with very loose subject matter i'm cool with him him taking these like freestyles that he did on hot 97 and stuff like that and trying to cram them into songs with with subject matter it's a little gangly for me it's a little overly wordy and he comes off as corny to me when he tries to talk about i don't know his family issues and when he was 15 and he's 45 i don't know i want to like book of ryan more Mm -hmm. than i do i would kill every single skit on that album that's fair Um, and then i would i would make it an album more like black thoughts album where black thought didn't try to constrain himself by making a song about x and then he's kicking these random bars that he kicked on a hot 97 freestyle but then he's combining them with him telling us a story about getting punched in the face when he was 10 like this album is just so unwieldy it's like it's like trying to like throw a football that's like not that's not the right shape like it's just like it's just all over the place it's spinning like left and right and it's just crazy i I don't know i i disagree with folks that say that this is a great album i just don't think it was well put together I mean, yeah, we're just gonna have to disagree. It's yeah. of the hip hop albums that I've listened to. I think it was for me. It was the yeah. one that I enjoyed listening to. The Kod most. was definitely better. Than I liked Kod. Me. I thought this was better, but okay. Yeah. Did you listen to Prime Two? That actually came out this year. I found as well. that corny as well, actually. So, so you did listen to it? I did. It had a few tracks on it that I liked, uh, particularly, I think it was Sunflower Seeds. Okay. It had a few tracks that I liked, but I listened to this one first, okay. uh, Book of Ryan, and I thought I was, you know, when I found out that it's like, oh, he's got something with DJ Premier, this is going to be like amazing. Mm. I thought I was going to like it more than I did. The next one that we were going to discuss, one of the next ones that we were going to discuss, I was going to say was what's much better than this to me, which is Pusha T Daytona. I have not I- listened to that for reason, oh. obvious reasons. I'm not going to listen to it. Really? You could talk about it, but I'm, oh, okay, I'm not right, listening to right. it. Okay. Well, the only track I listened to was Infrared, and I only listened to it one time, and that's it. Daytona's a seven-track album. First of all, the artwork is very 
distasteful. Um, right. I am really, really, really fucking tired of Kanye's antics. Um, and that's just, you know, again, just another another thing where it's just like, thanks, guy. Like that, like, ugh. But um, the production on, on Pusha T, Pusha T's album is good. Um, it's very concise. It's seven tracks. He plays to his strengths. He doesn't try to do hooks. He doesn't try to make records for, you know, I don't know, like uh, the club or anything like that. Like it's seven songs, straight killer, no filler. He actually mentions the purple tape a couple times on the album, and you can tell that he's very heavily influenced by the purple there's tape. There's only one he's, purple tape. He's essentially trying to create music yeah, that there's is only that, one purple that tape. type of crack rap, and that's that's what you get here. So, I mean, for me, we mentioned this earlier in the month when we dropped the our quick thoughts on the beat between Drake and Pusha. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I didn't really want to get into it is because, to me, the whole thing was a troll, right? I mean, when I found out what he was putting on what he was using as his album cover. Mm-hmm. Then you know who is producing the album and right. all of his trollish antics. And then he targets the number one rapper in the game. I'm like, look, I don't really want to have to pay this any attention because mm-hmm. I know what the fuck you're doing. Man. And I, even though, look, Drake didn't respond or whatever, or at least he hasn't responded at the time that we're recording this, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he would send him an invoice for $100,000 because now people are going to mm-hmm. listen to it. I was like, yeah, fuck with it. Yeah, I, I had to co-sign and agree there. I actually got into it yesterday on Twitter with somebody random because, <laughs> and I don't know how this shit popped onto my timeline, but this dude posts this joint. He's like, yeah, you know, people are saying that, you know, what Pusha said about Drake was a gimmick, but it's not true, you know, like, Pusha T is good. He's not a he's not an artist like Drake that's trying to put stuff out there to try to build his brand. He's rapping for sport. I said that's absolutely incorrect. Mm-hmm. And the person's like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Pusha T makes music for a living. He has made music for a living right. for quite some time now. He wants people to like and buy his albums so he can make money. He wants people to go to his shows and sell out tours. Like." Right. To say that Pusha T is just sitting around at home making music for sport. Making music for sport is what I do, right? Like <laughs> exactly. Making music for sport is what somebody who does not have a career in music, they have some other source of income that is their their chief source of income. And every once in a while, when they have the well, time Well, he's a drug ability, dealer, right? I mean, he sold more weight than Easy e He's a drug dealer. I mean, you think he's still a drug dealer? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I mean, Pusha T is a he's career. He's an dude. There's no malice in his heart. He's a he's a career recording artist, and he wants people to listen to his music. Yeah. And he did what he did to draw attention to his project, and he put it out. And you know, you we can blame Kanye, who's also his boss and who's helping him do the marketing and stuff like that too. But at the end of the day, like. He wants people to pay attention to what he's putting out. And they've put these images and these things out there intentionally to promote and sell an album. I responded to the guy and he's like, yeah, what are you, you're wrong. What do you mean? And then we, you know, I, I responded to him like one more time. I was like, Pusha T is a career hip hop artist who has been trying to sell albums for a long time, et cetera. And then all these people just jumped on and was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I was like, yeah. And then I felt, felt vindicated and I left it alone. I'm glad you were able to have some thoughts on this because obviously, uh, like I said, I, I have no plans to listen to this or the, the other projects from separate. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just not going to listen. I'm it. not listening to dude's album, but I enjoy Pusha T's album. And when okay. Nas drops, I'm going to listen to that too. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. The only other album that we need to talk about is the styles P it's labeled as G G host mm-hmm. G dash host. But on ghost? the album itself, he says ghost. Okay. Have you listened to this? No, I think you need to. Okay. I was surprised at how good this was a co-worker of mine who is from houston or san antonio uh-huh. she listens to scarface she listens to ugk i did uh-huh. not think she was into this new york shit right. she asked me she's like have you listened to the styles p album i didn't know he had an album yeah so i was like whatever so he dropped two albums in the first quarter well, i didn't hear nickelback i didn't hear nickelback and i think that was like more of like a d block project uh, so i okay. can't really speak on that one okay but this i was actually surprised at how decent this album i'm gonna check was. it out uh the two I tracks like in particular that i really liked were morning morning and window to the soul and i don't remember at, at what point like i got like halfway through it and i was like you know i'm kind of digging this now in fairness i was listening to it while i was doing work i was doing my my coding stuff and usually when i like to digest hip-hop albums i don't do that because i want to actually listen to the lyrics but 
from what I was listening to, I was kind of getting into it. I was surprised. Go back and listen to this one. Let me know okay. what you think. Yeah, for sure. If there's any Locks or D-Block fans or Rough Riders fans, whatever, if you didn't know the Styles P had an album out, go back and listen to it. Let us know what you think. And for that matter, if there's any other albums that came out um, in this time frame, we're talking March, April, May from 88, 93, 98, or from today that we missed that you feel like we should have covered, let us know. D-Block! <laughs> You know, with that, if you if you like what you heard, you want to hear more, uh, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, leave a comment, share it with your friends, follow us on SoundCloud, all that stuff at the 80s, babies. All that good stuff. So, yeah, I, I think that should, should cover it unless you have anything else. Oh, that's it. Peace. Peace. One of the meanest and the cleanest And still I'm kind of fiendish when I'm at this Been doing this for eons Peons, best to catch this Vision of excellence Precise rapping ability About to make some dead presidents Mac in the million G The money though It's got people acting funny yo As soon as some niggas get some light They be like dummies yo Products and puppets and pawns Getting played out When authentic niggas step up Respect be laid out Major effect to your sector I'm the corrector Live and direct Waving my mic like a scepter Supreme exalted Universal leader Descendants of the kings and queens, the overseer, the overlord, cream of the crop, creme de la creme. Spent years building with cats in the streets, so they my men. Again, Gangstar has done it. Remember too much jewels back in the days, you'd have to run it. Check it, the ground be hot under our feet, so we be listening to beats to keep the cypher complete. Whether you kids be holding on the block all day, or you be puffing lie out in the back hallway, or whether you be in school, or in the library, wherever you are, baby pa, realize that your essence is divine. Sun, and let it shine, son, as we refine, son. Hey, yo, this shit'll blow your mind, son. We're royalty.